Well, good morning. I'm Derek Lamar Smith. Welcome to Apostles Houston. I'm a guest preacher this morning, and I'm grateful to be with you. It's the custom here that we begin our time in God's word by reading from the gospel. And this morning, our gospel lesson is from Matthew chapter 5. It's in a part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5. Listen for a word from the Lord. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, how we honor you and reverence you and thank you and bless you for your faithfulness and your goodness to us. Now, as we come to hear your word proclaimed, we pray and ask in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ, that you would open our hearts and minds to hear your word, to receive your word, to believe your word. We ask for your Holy Spirit's presence and help so that we can understand your word and that we can ultimately obey your word. We ask it all in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning, as we continue our series in First uh, Peter, we're in chapter number two. First Peter chapter number two. Let's read it together. Chapter number two, first Peter verses 13 through 25. Listen at what Peter says. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperors as supreme or to the governors sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Servants. Be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. 
For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And it's absolutely true and given to us in love for our good. Let me say from the outset that this passage may be uncomfortable for the average red-blooded American. And here's why. Because it confronts the most basic and cherished of our American values and ideals, our precious freedom. Honestly, most of us have that iconic paragraph from the Declaration of Independence on mental speed dial. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among, among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We, we don't live under the tyrannical regime of a monarch or a dictator. We live in a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. God save the republic. Our government doesn't rule over us. Our government works for us. So whenever our government asks us to do this or tells us that we can't do that, we panic. We become angry sometimes because we believe our government is infringing on our individual rights, our God-given rights. We don't submit to our government, do we? we our government submits to us. But here's the thing. Those of us who have, who have trusted Jesus Christ for our salvation, listen, we are not Americans first. We are disciples of Jesus Christ first. What's interesting is that many Americans believe love for country is akin to religion. And this is important because our cultural narrative so many times dictates how we respond and how we react to authority. But re re 
really, our, our cultural narrative shouldn't determine our response to authority. Our biblical worldview should determine our response to authority. And Peter, he's writing to believers, followers of Jesus Christ under Roman government. And he's writing to believers that have been scattered throughout the Roman Empire because of persecution. They're experiencing suffering because they're following Jesus Christ. And Peter writes to encourage them in the midst of their suffering. As we've journeyed this far through the short letter of 1 Peter, you, you, you'll notice that Peter constantly reminds the believers of their identity in Jesus Christ. It, beginning in chapter one and, and, and throughout, he, he, he refers them, to them as chosen, holy. He calls them living stones. He says they're holy priests. He even calls them, refers to them as royal priests. He says, you are God's very own possession. He says, they're foreigners, I love this, and temporary residents. They are a holy nation. That's right. He says, you are in Christ Jesus. You are a holy nation. You are a nation within a nation. You, you are free people. You've been set free from the power of sin and from the penalty of sin and ultimately from the presence of sin. He says, but your freedom, your Christian freedom is not freedom from submission, but it's freedom to submission. That's the point that Peter is making in this passage of scripture. He's saying you're free. You, you live under Roman government, but you are also a nation of God's people. You're God's holy nation. You're a nation within a nation. And just because you are free, because Christ has set you free, don't use your Christian freedom as an instrument, as a tool for rebellion. He says Christian freedom isn't freedom from submission. It's freedom to submission. I love this. Peter is so practical. He's really telling these believers and us how we are to live at the intersection of living in this world as followers of Jesus Christ. There are only two short headings in this passage of scripture. It, it, verses uh, 13 through 20, there's first heading, uh, the commandment, and then the second heading in verses 21 through 25, the example. So we'll look at the commandment to obey and secondly, the, the example to follow. Notice in verses 13 through 25, Peter writes, he says, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. This is, this is not abstract. He's, he's not just meaning some organization. He's saying 
Every human authority, we as believers, you as believers, be subject. He's saying be submitted to whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Peter tells these believers who are living in a hostile world where they're being persecuted by uh, their government uh, uh, because they're followers of Jesus Christ. He writes this letter and they begin reading this letter and they get to this portion. And, and Peter says, be subject to for the Lord's sake to every human institution. You know what? I can only imagine what they were thinking when they got this letter, when they got to this portion. I'm sure they started looking at each other and wondering, did he really mean to write that? I know Peter knows who the emperor is. Wicked, evil, tyrannical Nero who is persecuting, leading the persecution of believers who intentionally set Rome on fire so that he could have his own agenda and plan and then blamed the fire on believers who would not bow down in emperor deity worship to him. Do, does, does Peter know who we are under, does he understand? But Peter says, this is the reason you do it. You do it for the Lord's sake. You do it for God's glory. You do it for God's honor. And then notice what he says in verse 15. He says, Here, here's a reason why you do it. He says, because it's the will of God. You see that? Christian freedom isn't freedom from submission, it's freedom to submission. God gives us the freedom to submit to authority, human authority. Whether that be at work, your supervisor, your manager, whether that be at home, ch children submitting to their parents, wives and husbands submitting to one another, you submitting to your teacher. If you are a student, if you're part of an organization, we submit because it's the will of God. Maybe they're evil like, like they, they, they are in, in this passage. Maybe they're not God followers, but 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 that does not mean that we don't submit to them because they're not God followers. We submit to them because we follow God's son, Jesus Christ. It's the will of God. And, 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 and notice what Peter says. He says something happens when you do this. He says that by doing good, you put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Ah, that's why we do it. And, and then he goes deeper. He says we live as people who are free because we have been set free. But we don't use our freedom as a cover up to do evil, but, but, but we live, watch this, we live as servants of God. 
It's a command to obey. It's not a suggestion. It's not a recommendation for believers. This is how we exercise our freedom in Christ Jesus. We follow and obey the commands. And here Peter is commanding us through the word of God. God is commanding us through the apostle Peter that we should submit to all authority. Now, let me hang out there parenthetically because I know someone is asking, Asking the question, well, what if they're asking us to do something that's contrary to God's will? That's where the line is drawn. We follow the commandments. We follow the laws. As long as they don't conflict or contradict the commandments of God. Honor everyone, Peter says. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. He's talking about the community of believers. Then he says, Fear God, that is reverence God, honor God. And then he says, honor the emperor, the king, the president, the governor, the mayor. It's a command for us. It's not a suggestion. It's not a recommendation. Peter, God through the apostle Peter is commanding us to obey, to follow, to submit to authority. Doesn't have to be perfect. That's not a qualification. Doesn't have to, the, our, our, our authorities don't have to worship God. That's not a qualification. We are worshipers of God. We are disciples. We are followers of Jesus Christ. And God has commanded us as believers not to use our freedom as believers to be in rebellion, but to use our freedom as believers to submit to authority. Peter now moves from a general, everyone, to a more specific. In verse number 18, he says, servants be subject to your masters. And he says, and this is how you do it, with all respect. Not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the unjust. I love that. He leaves no, no stone unturned. Peter's kind of thinking, listen, I know what you're going to be thinking, so let me respond to that. He says, for this is a gracious thing. This is grace at work, mindful of God, who, who endures sorrow while suffering. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. There are a group of believers who believe that following Jesus Christ exempts them from suffering. They'll say things like, what did I do to deserve this? This isn't fair. Let me help you here. Those who would follow Jesus Christ will suffer. I want us to understand that. Following Jesus Christ does not exempt us from suffering. In fact, Peter and the apostle Paul considered suffering a privilege. Paul even said he was continuing the sufferings of Jesus Christ and he thought it was a privilege and an honor. I don't know what your suffering is going to look like. I don't even know what all my suffering is going to look like, but I know I'm going to experience some suffering as long as I'm committed to following Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, if you cannot suffer with me, then you cannot reign with me. 
We have to learn how to endure suffering, even unjustly. Peter says, for what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure, but when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. Now, there's one thing to suffer for following Jesus Christ. And then Peter said, there's another thing to suffer for 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 being disobedient and rebellious. And there's no honor in that kind of suffering. There's no redemption in that kind of suffering. Peter's commanding us. God is commanding us through the apostle Peter. Listen, we are free, but our freedom does not free us from submitting to authority. And that means we're going to suffer. And that means we're going to suffer under people who are not followers of Jesus Christ. We're going to endure suffering. But secondly, we have an example to follow. Look at verse number 21. He says, for to this you have been called. You have been called to suffer, Peter says. Because why? Christ suffered for you, leaving you, there it is, an example. He's our model. We're following in his footsteps. So, so, so that we might follow in his steps. Listen, he committed no sin. Look how Jesus suffered. Look, let, let, let's take this course, this course in suffering from Jesus. When he suffered, listen to what Peter says. And Peter had a front row seat to the sufferings of Jesus Christ. Peter said he committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Look at how Jesus submitted to the authority. You see that? He suffered. He himself, verse 24, he bore our sins in his own body. So what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21, for God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. He traded places with us. He, we, the great exchange, he took our sins and God poured our sins on his son Jesus Christ and he pours his son's righteousness on us. He bore his, our sins in his own body and look at how Peter takes us back to this Old Testament language when he says that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by, by, by his wounds you have been healed now he's not talking about physical healing here he's talking about atonement his wounds his wounds that he took for us it atoned for our sins we are healed spiritually healed for you were straying like sheep that's how we were that's how some of us still are straying like sheep. You know where you are in your relationship with Jesus Christ and you know how close you are from him and you know how far away from him you are. Are you straying like a sheep? You can come back 
the father, the great shepherd and overseer. He's looking for you. And and notice what Peter says to these believers. He says, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Look at this example that we have to follow. We, we, we've got the command, but, but, but how do we do it? And Peter tells us, he says, Jesus Christ is our example. He's our pattern. Here's what you and I can do. We need to ask God to change our default settings. Ask him to change your default setting from, 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 from this world Looking through your cultural narrative, like looking through the sphere of your politics or what region you're from or you're from the south or the north. Ask God by the power of his spirit to change your default setting and, and, and ask him to help you to look through the lens of his word. That's what following Jesus Christ looks, looks like. That's what discipleship looks like. It's not using our freedom in Christ as a license to rebellion. It's it's looking at authority, whether it's good or bad, whether it's perfect or imperfect, whether we voted for it or voted against it or didn't vote at all, whatever the situation, whatever it is, we ask God by the power of his Holy Spirit to change our default setting so that we don't look at authority and we don't look at our world through our cultural narrative or our family narrative or our religious narrative, but we look at it through God's word. That's the only way you're going to be able to submit to authority. That's the only way you're going to be able to follow in the footsteps of Christ's example. That's the only way you'll be able to do what Peter is commanding you and I to do. God, through what God is commanding uh, you and I to do through this epistle, Christ. He's not only our example, though. He's more than that. We need more than an example. We need a savior. And that's who Christ is. That's what Christ is. And here's how Christ does it. Peter, Paul says in Philippians chapter two, verses five through 11, he says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But notice what Jesus did. He submitted himself. Verse 7 says, he emptied himself by, watch this, taking the form of a servant. He humbled himself. He he submitted himself, being born in the likeness of men. Verse 8 says, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's freedom that submits because God has given us this command and Jesus does it for us. He, in our place, he submits to the authority, the Roman tyranny, the Roman government that he's under. He submits. He doesn't say, I'm God in the flesh. I don't submit 
to governments. Governments submit to me. No, Paul says Jesus didn't use his freedom as an act of rebellion, but he used his freedom to submit to the authority and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. You know it. And every tongue confess on earth and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Jesus submitted in our place. And now because of his submission, you and I can submit. We submit to God and we submit to the authorities that God has put in place. What if we really thoughtfully, deliberately and intentionally put this into practice? That's what Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter five, that gospel passage that I read to you earlier. He remember, he says, This looks like you are the salt of the earth. And this looks like you being light in the world. And and, and when you submit to authority, when you remember that Christian freedom is not freedom from submission, but freedom to submission and believers and non-believers and and, and, and nominal believers see you respecting authority and not rebelling against authority, whether you agree with it or not, not only in your actions, but also in your words and in your conversation. Think, 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 think about this. Listen at what Jesus says. Let your light shine so that others may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. That's what it looks like. It looks like you being salt. It looks like you being light. Imagine if we thought about that from God's word. You can make a difference wherever you are, no matter where you are and no matter who you are. Imagine that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for confronting us with the reality that sometime we don't look at life from a biblical perspective. We look at it from a cultural perspective. But when we get into your word, your word reminds us that first we are disciples of Jesus Christ. Help us to live out of the truth of who we are in Christ and what Christ has commanded us to do in his word and what Christ, by the power of his spirit, empowers us to do. Thank you, Lord. Help us, Holy Spirit, 
We ask it in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen.